before we get to our show, here is a podcast we think you're going to love. Ted Bundy. Jeffrey Dahmer. Ed Gein. Eileen Warnos. Edmund Kemper. Do all of these names sound familiar to you? We bet they do. Well, you're never going to hear them on our podcast. Nope. <laughs> I'm Brittany. And I'm Justine. And we're the hosts of It's About Damn Crime, a true crime podcast focusing on cases featuring people of color. And if you're looking for serious storytelling, this is not the place. No. <laughs> but we do promise, no matter how hardcore a true crime fan you think you are, we're going to tell you at least one story you've never heard of. So give us a listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Or you can always check us out on our website at www.itsaboutdamncrime.com. And remember, there's a lot of desert out there. Sure is. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Perhaps it's you. Perhaps it's you. Perhaps. Keep singing. That's great. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Hello, five listeners. Welcome to the Perhaps It's You podcast. Perhaps six listeners. Perhaps eight listeners. Perhaps. Could you imagine if eight people were responsible for our like 13,000 downloads we have so far? Maybe. Be ve- they're very dedicated to our podcast. Maybe. They- no, they're unique downloads though, so it can't be. Well, unless they have a lot of IP addresses. Maybe. Maybe so- it's just us. <laughs> watching on That's various computers the real mystery <laughs> how many libraries can liz go to and download her her own podcast over and over again over and over and over so that to get those numbers up yeah. we need those casper mattresses <laughs> please yeah did we ever get any mattresses no. no did we ever get a Lacroix sponsorship no god damn it no mini egg sponsorship yet screw you casper <laughs> Uh, this is an unofficial Re- Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. Sure is. We're pre-recording this episode so that I don't have to drive to the city on Super Bowl weekend. Which, think about how smart that is. Real smart. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably just not leave your house. I'm it's assuming. almost as if you died and came back to be so smart you would have that idea. <laughs> almost. Almost. I had a life review and I... Was given all of the and knowledge in the you, universe, and you, I asked... You bolted up in the hospital bed, and you went, I don't want to drive anywhere Super Bowl weekend. And, and people were like, yeah, this girl's so smart. <laughs> this girl's a goddamn genius. Good thing she almost died. Uh, That's we, a little reference to episode 19. We so. still haven't pinned Liz under a truck so that she could get the answer yeah, to our mysteries. Terrible. Liz is being a little selfish and not... <laughs> not we're never gonna find not, out who killed John Bonet that way. Not volunteering to be pinned under a truck. Not like I could do it, but <laughs> we're a little perhaps delirious. Maybe I have no excuse. You've been sick all week. I feel like this episode is gonna be so short. It's gonna be so a we might short. as well just be slap happy and drag it out because there's not that much happening in. Ep- we're on episode twenty. If you're 20. following along, we're getting pretty close to the end of season one. I thought we'd never get here, but here we are. Yeah. Didn't we just start this? It seems like it. We've got just a few more episodes left in the season, then we, we move on to season two. We still have no idea what we're doing, so how are we on episode 20? I have no idea. People are still listening to this. Yeah, we really this do. garbage. We really do appreciate it. I mean, I don't know what that says about you, but thanks. <laughs> hugs. Big internet hugs. Yeah. 
So, so yeah. maybe you watched on Amazon Prime, you watched episode 20. Do you have any updates? Oh, I was going to add, I haven't tried this yet, but apparently if you have a Roku, oh, right. there's a Roku channel, mm-hmm. which I didn't even realize, and I have a Roku. I didn't realize I had its own channel. But you can watch Unsolved Mysteries that way, and they're, they're packaged differently. Yeah, it's not like Amazon. So um, that is a way to watch Unsolved Mysteries, but it won't line up with what we're doing. Yeah, sorry. I haven't looked at it yet to see how it's different but oh i wonder it's nice that there's more unsolved mysteries i know it's on hulu too but i think that's the same as the ones on amazon i believe it is um look we're doing it the amazon prime way because there are evil overlords they control <laughs> everything that we do they know everything that we do yeah do i still get my two-day shipping yes yes i mean what choice do we have right. I, I need really? my i need my vitamins in two days. In two days. And they don't have them around here. I need the random shit I buy on the internet now. <laughs> no. Preferably not by drone, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. So, should we jump into this? <laughs> Do we have anything else to say? I have nothing. Is Bigfoot a ghost? <laughs> Do we want to talk more about whether or not Bigfoot may I mean, be a ghost? I could laugh about that forever, but I don't actually have anything more to say about it. I Because that's it. It's just Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot could really, be a ghost. That literally was the conclusion of the article. Don't you see? Bigfoot. Is a ghost. This is this explains it. Do ghosts make footprints though? Oh, that's a really good because question. Because that's like the biggest evidence is like all the footprints people find. That's a, I don't know because I only skimmed the article. <laughs> <laughs> I only read the headlines. So. Anyway. I mean, I do ghostly footprints. That's a question for Dangerous Linda. That's not a question for me because I don't know. Write this down. We'll ask Dangerous Linda. Or when I die and I get to answer, ask any question, I'll say, do you go sleep a prince? And then I'll be like jolted back to my body. And then you can let us know. Yeah. Write that on your hand so you'll never forget. You need to... (laughs) (laughs) Like I used to write my homework in high school where it's like, okay, read chapter 23. On your hand. Yeah. People be like, why does your hand... Why do you have written... Ghost? Is Bigfoot a ghost on your hand? Someone's sitting next to you on the bus. They're like, is Bigfoot a is ghost? Is Bigfoot a ghost? Do you need help? <laughs> I mean, that does seem like a cry for help. But maybe not. Maybe Bigfoot is a ghost. Maybe. Mm, maybe he lives on the Queen Mary. Maybe. If only Robert Stack was alive for this revelation, they could have had the best Unsolved Mysteries segment ever about exploring whether or not oh, Bigfoot man. was a ghost. Maybe that'll be on the reboot. We can only pray every single day <laughs> let's the write only, them some letters it's the only option um yeah let's just get into this episode 20 episode 20 called the lackluster episode not as bad as, as episode 19 really but i don't did you enjoy billy the kid oh my God. we're talking about billy the kid in this episode no i did not enjoy billy the kid so much that i for some reason thought you were doing that segment <laughs> You convinced yourself that I was going to do it. I arrived here today to record, and you were like, I'm like, glad I don't have Billy the Kid. I was like, wait, yes, you do. But no. No, actually. No, she don't. I do. <laughs> but that's the power of denial for you. Yep. I really didn't want it. It's so long, and it's so boring. I would have quit this podcast if I had to do near-death experiences and Billy the Kid. What have we gotten ourselves into? Uh, Just a moment of silence <laughs> for what we could be doing with our time. And instead, I'm like going like, fuck, now I have to learn something about Billy the Kid right now. Yep. Oh. Well. Let's just, I, let's just get this over with and move on with our lives. <laughs> so our first segment is not about Billy the Kid. It is a wanted. May, <laughs> you know, we, we love those too, so. True. So May 1987, Denver, Colorado, 2 a.m. Two vehicles collide. One driver flees the scene. 
Two minutes later, the police arrived to investigate when they searched the abandoned truck. And I wrote down music. The music that's playing is a remixed version of the Unsolved Mysteries theme song. Yeah, it's catchy. It was catchy. It was very nice. Uh, Inside the truck, they found a bloody jack handle and a room key for a local motel. Which is like leaving clues in a game. You know what I mean? Like, when evidence, when police find clues, it's literally, not usually, literally the bloody murder weapon next to a hotel key key of where you need to go. Yeah, it was not. This is something from Agatha Christie, but anyway. In the hotel room, they found a pair of pants and a sweatshirt, both covered in blood, still fresh. Uh, The police traced the abandoned truck to a man named Don Smith from Southern California, but the driver who ran from the collision was black, so... It was not Don. It was not Don. At this point, it's really not clear who checked into the motel. All they tell us is that the person was named Larry Monroe. We don't hear if the man was black or white. So if it was Don or if it was this this guy who later fled the scene. stranger. They're not exactly clear in the episode. But next we hear about Don Smith, who was the owner of the abandoned truck. His wife had not heard from him in 12 days, ever since he had left home to go on a cross-country trip. He had a very bushy mustache. He's not my pick for MVM, but it was a good mustache. It would be my pick in a different episode, but he gets beaten in this episode. I have a different pick. I do too. We'll see if ours match up. This reenactment was also hilarious. Like the cars collide and then the guy in the other vehicle gets out and is like, hey, and you just see this guy like jump out of the car and run away as fast as he can. It was pretty funny. So Don lived in Hammett. Oh, hi, Lenny Briscoe. Hi. Someone just burst in here and it's fictional law and order detective Lenny Briscoe in dog form. Um, Okay, so Don lived in Hammett, a small town in Southern California. He was feeling down because he was unable to work, so he decided to cheer himself up by going on a cross-country trip to visit relatives. He only brought his two Labrador retrievers. He was anxious to see his daughter Brenda, who lived in Idaho. Apparently, Brenda was Don's daughter from a first marriage. The divorce was bad, and her mom didn't want... Brenda to be around Don, and they spent most of her life apart. They had gotten closer in recent years, mm-hmm. but it also didn't seem like she knew he was coming. She did not. He. It seemed like he just showed up. Yeah. So, so that's odd. About Brenda, um, I wrote that she had some serious blue eyeshadow. It was very well blended. Yep. It has a very, I don't know what it's Mary Kay, but if I had to guess what probably, brand of eyeshadow that was, was, Mary Kay. Um, there's a black and white photo of Don, or I think he's holding Brenda as a baby. Yeah. If you could give me a screenshot of that, because I love that living room. I it love was the pretty curtains. good. It's got this whole atomic vibe. He's got like a super cool lamp. I would kill for all that stuff. Totally. I'm sorry that this podcast is a joke. And <laughs> this will be, guys, this is our last one. We're signing off after this, episode 20. We can't even make it to the end of season one. We're done. <laughs> Because I cannot control my mutt of a dog, despite saving him from heartworm worms. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Leonard. I can't. So, um, like our last episode, the ladies in this episode are, have some serious 80s fashion it's, going on. Yeah, it's perm-tastic. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. There's lots of shoulder pads, lots of vests, lots oh, yeah. of... All your favorite things. About 80s fashion, totally. So, the day after Don left Hammett, he and another man pulled up in front of the hospital where Brenda worked as a psychiatric nurse. Don stayed in the truck and his companion, which is what they keep calling this guy, 
walked into the hospital. He asked for Brenda, but she wasn't working that day. So he was referred to her supervisor, who went out to the parking lot to talk to Don. The supervisor says that Don was clearly intoxicated. However, the supervisor gave the men the address where Brenda was, which was just 15 miles away with her friends. Yeah, how does he know that? I'm not sure how he knows that this is her father, apart from the fact that he says, where's my baby Brenda? Yeah. He's super drunk, and then this other guy, according to the reenactment at least, is looking like he's acting super shady. And this guy, yeah, just tells them where Brenda is. I just, also, my boss wouldn't know where I was drinking on my wet day off. That's true. It sounded like she was on, like, a fishing trip with her friends. So maybe oh, that's she, right. Maybe that's why he knew where she was. She had maybe said, you know, what her weekend plans were. But, yeah, don't just give that out. Don't tell people where I am. Weirdo. Yeah. But anyway, he did. So they went to the place where she was with her friends. They had gave, given up on fishing for the day and were at a local bar. Brenda remembers that a black man burst through the door and everyone went silent. He yeah. took off his sunglasses and just looked around for a few minutes. The reenactment of this is really kind of funny. I think it's more that uh, a black guy walked into this bar and then everybody turned around and was like, why is a black guy here? Yep. And it was really awkward. It looked really awkward according to the reenactment. Yeah. But they're sort of acting like... The guy entering the bar did something suspicious, and I was sort of like, no, you're all racist. Yeah, no, he just walked into a bar. Yeah, and then you're like, what's, and he, took his do- sunglasses what's he doing off? here? So um, he walked past everyone and went to the bathroom. A minute later, uh, Don came through the door shouting for Brenda. She didn't quite realize it was her dad at first because he looked a lot different from the last time she saw him, but they hugged and he also, sat at he the bar for a few minutes. he was and drunk and she probably was like, I really hope that's not him. Yeah, he was super drunk and she said that she was upset because he had showed up drunk in front of all her friends and it was embarrassing. He immediately started crying and telling her that he wanted to die because he had cancer and he was sorry that her whole life was screwed up or something. I don't know. It sounded like he was just going on and on and on. He was feeling, I mean, I don't... There's no other reference to this cancer thing? No, none. So there also wasn't like a, like, was he an alcoholic? Like, they didn't really talk about why he was just drunk. She mentioned at one point, like, oh, I didn't like him when he was drunk, but he didn't drink that much. But she also doesn't have a very close relationship with him and doesn't live by him. No. So I don't exactly know how she would know that. Yeah, he's showing up drunk in the middle of the day. I can kind of understand if he thinks he's dying he has these things he wants to say to his daughter but you know he's had a little bit more than he should because he's upset and now he can't like really coherently make the statement of like oh i wish you know things have been different Mm -hmm. that does sound like how it went down yeah but anyway his companion came out of the restroom and walked past them and went back and sat in the driver's seat of his truck she said that he looked annoyed I don't know. Brenda started getting frustrated with her father. She told him to go get a motel room, sober up, and come back, and they can talk about these things tomorrow. So I feel like it's, it's very reason- reasonable. It's reasonable, yeah. So he, But he became belligerent, so she ended up leaving. She didn't speak to him again, and she's she really regrets that. She wishes she had more patience with him, but I think her reaction was reasonable, and in retrospect, it's, you know, it's sad that that's the last time she saw him, but it certainly wasn't her fault that it went down that no. way. No. I mean, I can see why she was like, oh, I should have tried harder to listen, and I wish I had been more compassionate towards him, but... You never know. She didn't even know he was coming. This is, like, totally out of the blue. And he was super drunk and belligerent, and I don't know that anyone else would react differently. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. Yeah, when you're sober. Like, that seems reasonable to me. 
So I felt bad for her that she it, it was sad felt guilty about it. The last time yeah. she saw him. It's not her fault, but you can understand why she yeah, exactly. feel that way. So soon after, Don's body was found in a wooded area in a suburb of Denver called Twin Falls by some people who were out for a walk. He was a John Doe at first. An autopsy revealed that he was bludgeoned to death. There was a wine bottle found near his body. The Twin Falls Sheriff's Department didn't know who the body was until they heard about the two-car collision in Denver and the missing man. The Denver police issued a homicide bulletin, and we hear from someone in the Sheriff's Department who I wrote needs MBM. Is this your pick? No. This is the guy who had very poofy hair and a matching kind of poofy mustache, and he was wearing aviator sunglasses that he didn't take off for the interview. I wrote, he looks like a character from Super Troopers. Yeah. So I liked his mustache, but I didn't... I'm going to confess right now that I kind of skipped through the Billy the Kid episode because I didn't have time to watch this one. So I don't know if your pick was from that segment. (laughs) It sure is. All right. Well, I'll have to go back and look at it. (laughs) So this guy suspected right away that it was the missing homicide victim and fingerprints confirmed that that was Don. Police began to piece together the events that lead to Don Smith's murder, At least that's what Robert Stack says happened, but really, they don't know much. On May 11th, when he left home, he ran into trouble with the trailer he was towing. Outside of Las Vegas, he arranged to leave his trailer with a local man. And that's about all they know. Yeah, that... That's not helpful. Did he know him? Were they friends? I don't know if it just, like, broke down in front of someone's house and he was like, yeah. can I leave this here? I'm not really sure. But so they have a couple of theories. One theory is that he picked up a hitchhiker near Las Vegas. At some point, he began drinking. The day after he uh, met with Brenda, Don turned up in Park City, Utah. He called his sister in Vancouver, asking her to wire him $200. When he picked up the money, he was accompanied by a man who looked exactly like the man Brenda saw in the bar. Police theorized that the hitchhiker murdered Don when he stopped to let his dogs out. It's not clear why they think this. Maybe because there wasn't blood splatter in the motel room. Because, very importantly, we don't know what happened to the dogs. Yes, I wrote that down, too. What happened to the dogs? Also, several people on Unsolved.com had logged in solely to say, <laughs> what is there any news on the dogs? What happened to the dogs? Pretty much. Yeah, I guess I assume that maybe that's why they thought, maybe because the dogs were missing, they, that's why they thought he had stopped to let the dogs out and that's when he was murdered. Um, Where I, are the dogs? I know. I wondered what the motive could be. And I thought, I hope he wasn't killed over $200. This is the only thing I could think of. And this is total speculation. But if he did pick up a hitchhiker and he was an alcoholic and the hitchhiker saw an opportunity to take advantage of someone who was totally wasted, you know, he could have said, you know, get me $200 or get me as much money as you can. And then he got the $200 from from yeah. his sister and then somehow ended up murdering him. It seems like the murder was a little unnecessary, but the only thing I could think of was a hitchhiker who saw an opportunity he's also, to take advantage of someone who was drunk. belligerent, sloppy drunk, just take his $200. Yeah, he's you an don't old really man. need to kill him. Like, so that's the part that's confusing to me is why murder him, but I don't know. There's, there's, th- there's a composite drawing that was created, but there's no update and it doesn't seem like this has ever been solved. No. So Also, a note... This is not the worst drawing that we've seen on the show, not by far. No, it's not great either. It's not great either. And it kind of looks like he has, like, cat-eye eyeshadow. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> there are people on Unsolved.com claiming that this sketch looks like Obama. It absolutely fucking does not. <laughs> it looks no- I'm looking at it right now, and it looks nothing Sh- check like your, Obama. Check yourself. Check your fucking self. Not every 
black man with a slim frame looks like Obama. Yeah, they did say he was tall and slim, maybe six feet tall. But I saw multiple people say that, and I wanted to smack them on the back of the head. That's ridiculous. That is where the resemblance Someone was even like, oh, I had to like look up where Obama would be at this. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yes, it was Obama. That's so ridiculous. He killed a man over $200. And afterwards, he met up with Hillary Clinton after she rolled those boys onto the tracks. <laughs> oh, my God. You will blame him for anything. Uh, okay. Um, so that brings a frustrating level, level to this mystery. But no answers. No answers, though. This one's unsolved. I'm going to say, it from my heart of hearts, Obama was not involved. <laughs> we can say for certain. I can say really, really certainly. I would bet my life on that one. Everything else, up in the air. Yeah, it's a weird one. I feel bad for the daughter, who clearly feels guilty. I know. It was sad, and she had just gotten like a relationship with her father, and then this happened. Yeah. So, it's really sad. Um... And clearly, he kind of regretted the way things had gone with them, so... Yeah, he didn't seem like he was in a good place. He did care about her, and I hope she can kind of take that away from the situation, that it was important to him to see her, and he loved her, but... Yeah, it's unfortunate that that's the way things went down, and no one knows what happened to him. And no one knows what happened to the dogs! Damn it. I assume they went and someone picked them up, and they lived happily ever after in a nice home. Probably. Let's talk about Billy the Kid. No, let's not. <laughs> can you tell that I was like, so what else can we say about this first I'm going to have almost nothing to contribute to this. I have, so I've watched this episode before, and, and you're like, I I'm didn't not, really want to rewatch I'm it, so I sort of skipped it. through it because I knew Liz was covering it. And so I was there's my confession. such denial that I thought Samantha Little did was I know. covering it. <laughs> Liz wasn't Good planning. I think we talked about this ahead of time, because it. right now it would be a really awkward moment where we both were like, I thought you were doing it. But you're, I'm doing. You're doing Billy the Kid. But you're. But you're doing Billy the Kid. No, but you're doing Billy the Kid. But anybody but me is doing Billy the Kid. <laughs> Let's just skip it. <laughs> Do we need to put out an episode? Or like, can we get a third person on this podcast to talk about Billy the Kid? Where's Rochelle when we need her? Yeah. I wonder if she would enjoy this this mystery. Billy More the Kid. More than she enjoyed Alcatraz. Old West mysteries seem like something that I don't know. Only old men are into. That's exactly what I was gonna say. So sorry, sorry for the. <laughs> Sorry for the gendered stereotyping, but you know it rings We did this with Alcatraz, too, but I feel like there is some truth to it. Yeah, I don't know. And in the Alcatraz episode, there was only men. Did society not raise us to care about Billy the Kid? Is that what the patriarchy wants? Maybe. Maybe. Let's assume. Maybe that's why I don't care at all. So let's just give it. No, I'm kidding. Tell us about Billy the Kid and what? Buffy the Kid? What was his name? (laughs) Poofy the Kid? I forget his name. Bumpy the Kid? (laughs) I feel like this is how Scrappy-Doo came into place in Scooby-Doo. Someone was like, "Ah, you know, Scrappy-Doo. And they were like, it's actually Scooby-Doo, but let's add a Scrappy-Doo. Great idea. I know. It's Brushy Bill. It's Brushy Bill, Samantha. Show some some respect. Not Bumpy the Kid. Not Bumpy the Kid, which is like a weird... If you ever bought, like, a My Little Pony at the dollar store that was not... Like an off-brand? Yeah. So like a knockoff? Like, yeah. So it would have some name, like, Your Tiny Phony, or whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't call it a My Little Pony. So it was Bumpy the Kid. My Little Horsey. Yeah, My Little Horsey, or Your Pal a Horse, or something. <laughs> your Pal a Horse? We need an artist to render your us. Your Pal a Someone out there who's good at illustrating, please drop a box. A little gift set that comes with a little Samantha 
<laughs> and then your pal, a horse. <laughs> and then also a little bird. Would it be a, a little, question? A little bird a from the bird? from the state fair. I would like to also come in that set. Yes. Would it be a question? Your pal, a horse. <laughs> Is it a horse? Is this horse your friend? Or is it going to kick you in the teeth? <laughs> Feed it some apples and find out. We would be great toy developers. <laughs> I think I would be pretty good at that, actually. Call me. Toy developers. Toy developers. Toys are us. Give me, yeah. give me, your, give me your I know you're closing like a lot of stores. Call us, girl. Call me. <laughs> we could turn it around. <laughs> we could turn it around. Are we really just <laughs> putting off talking about Billy the Kid? <laughs> the perhaps it's you merch line. <laughs> I found out recently that, so my brother got a creepy crawler oven at a thrift store. Uh, yes, creepy crawlers. And I heard this and I was like, let's make creepy crawlers. And I was like, oh, we should make creepy crawlers and then we can include them in stuff we'd like send to people, like send to our patrons. I just thought it'd be really funny to also get some creepy crawlers. And then so I was looking into the goo. Like, how, how can I get some goo now? Surely they just have that on Amazon. Yeah, or eBay. No, because it's like extremely toxic. <laughs> Turns and out, I was like, oh yeah, maybe you shouldn't give children like a tiny oven that you put a metal plate in. And heat up chemicals. And heat up toxic chemicals to make bugs. Maybe that was a bad plan. Maybe. Damn. But I do have a creepy crawler oven now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not any good. We'll have to easy bake some cakes for people instead. So they should make come out with a new, less toxic, perhaps it's you oven. Where yeah. you make you make a little Robert Stack, you make some little aliens. A little Robbie Stacky. You make a Robbie Stacky. You make the your friend a horse. <laughs> you make all of our favorite characters. You make a little treasure chest. Yeah, that's empty. <laughs> so a kid can open it in disappointment. A treasure Nope, just a chest. Those are real. This is what life's like, kid. <laughs> Get a, used to it. Learn a lesson. Okay. Billy, All right, Billy the Kid. I'll quit putting it off now, and I'll read about Billy the Kid. Bumpy the Kid, a.k.a. Brushy Bill Robert. <laughs> so, in 1848, William Morrison was a St. Louis probate investigator who was handling the case of an elderly man named Joe Hines, requesting the lands of his deceased brother. Hines had confessed that his real name was Jesse Evans, who had vanished from the public view after getting released from a Texas prison in... 1882. Hi, I'm totally just reading this off Unsolved Mysteries wiki. I'm sure you all knew that already. Hines told Morrison of his experiences in Lincoln County in the 19th century American frontier and outland gunman Billy the Kid who was allegedly killed by Sheriff Pat Garrett on July 14th, 1881. But he stunned Morrison by claiming Billy the Kid was still alive and living <laughs> I really like the inflection in your tone. <laughs> Living near Hamilton, Texas, under the name Ollie L. Or Brushy Bill Roberts. Not yes. Bumpy the Kid. Some <laughs> no one said that. Well, that's surely the name of this episode. <laughs> Bushy, Bumpy. Whatever. Brushy. What? <laughs> How did he come up with the name Brushy Bill anyway? I don't know. Like, where did that come from? Don't ask me like I was supposed to look into this segment. <laughs> Okay, so Morrison began a correspondence with Robert, who eventually confessed to being the kid and went into, f- this says, into fine and intimate details. 
Well, well, well. I know at one point he like stripped his shirt off and was like, see these bullet holes? And the guy was like, uh, uh okay. There were just some, I don't know, circular sort he, of scars. He did have some scars. Um, detailing his life as Billy the Kid. Furthermore, Roberts wanted Morrison's help in acquiring a full pardon he was promised by the by Governor Lou Wallace in 1879, but refused. They, like, went to a hearing, didn't they? Well, he, like, is supposed to go talk to the governor, and the governor kind of ambushes him with this media circus, and then oh, is yeah. like, oh, I'm never giving you a pardon, and it was not apparently what he thought it was going to be, which was, like, just a closed-door meeting. He reported that Pat Garrett had actually shot and killed another gunslinger named Billy Barlow, passing his body off as a kid, allowed Ting to, to danish allowing him to vanish from Mexico. Is everyone named Billy in the Wild West? I mean, yeah, they, were, they hadn't invented that many names yet, so <laughs> it was pretty much Billy. They couldn't go by William? Or Brushy. That's what you would do. You had or... to pick. <laughs> Bumpy? <laughs> or Sheriff Pat Garrett. <laughs> Those were the only ones. Those were your only options. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. There's 14 <laughs> Pat Garrett's in the town. Someone gives birth. They're like, Susan, when are you going to name your baby boy? Well, well, I was thinking Billy, but Pat Garrett really has I mean, a nicer ring to his it. His dad's named Brushy. <laughs> so that one's taken. Brushy Jr. <laughs> Liz is crying. <laughs> not that funny i don't know what's wrong with me i can like not breathe <laughs> the idea that there's only three names and it's billy brushy and pat garrett <laughs> that's all the male names that were available in the wild west no those are those are all the names period oh period <laughs> that's it okay <laughs> i'm so sorry Whew. Okay, deep breath. Oh, <sighs> We're going to center ourselves. We're going to do this. We, we got this. Okay, so supposedly, what this dude is saying is, everybody thinks Billy the Kid died, and that everyone knows the story that Sheriff Garrett shot him, but what if he didn't? <laughs> what if? What if he didn't? <laughs> what if he didn't? What if he didn't? Not die. Probably <laughs> didn't shoot someone else and then just wanted to take all the glory, so he claimed this other Billy was Billy the Kid, and actually, I'm Billy the Kid. Twist. Wasn't he, like, sort of claiming that he was nursed back to health, too, by some woman? Yeah, he claimed he got shot. I'm, I'm guessing the reenactments for this were super fun, and they had a great <laughs> job pretending it was the old-timey West. Oh, I'm sure. Because... You just get to be ridiculous and wear ridiculous hats and have gunfights by adobe Prairie buildings. Dresses. and yeah. yeah. So he claimed that in that gunfight he was injured and he got beef tallow put on his head by a, <laughs> a Mexican woman and she's, someone ran in and told him like, oh, they shot other Billy and <laughs> claimed it was you. And he fled to Mexico. And because we all know if they're both named Billy, can't <laughs> well, tell them apart. It's confusing. I mean, I kind of buy that maybe the sheriff wanted to claim he had succeeded when he didn't sure i don't know that i buy that that makes this guy billy the kid you know what? like there's like, there's like a leap in logic yeah because he's claiming that he's billy the kid he has to be like you could go oh what if billy the kid didn't die when everybody thinks he did I'm like oh maybe therefore i'm billy the kid <laughs> like wait what no <laughs> where do you get what's not the logical next step <laughs> what i'm sorry what i don't yeah. get it 
So, yeah, he went to go meet with the governor of New Mexico, who was at the time Thomas J. Mabry. Sorry, New Mexico. And he was overwhelmed by the re- media. Uh, eventually, he made it ho- to his home in Hico, Texas, and he passed away in December 27th of 1950. This guy Morrison really thought it was him. I don't know. He did, yeah. So, this episode first aired in March. 1989 it's still technically unresolved i don't think most people think brushy bill roberts is actually billy the kid that is the way it's depicted in the movie young guns 2 <laughs> you've seen the that se- movie the second one the second one i think i have seen it you have i think so oh it has Emilio estevez in it and mm. neil diamond phillips okay i think that guy from lost much better than young gun one yeah i can't i would couldn't tell you the difference between those two movies <laughs> but i'm pretty sure i've seen both of them i was almost like yeah maybe maybe the brushy bill was really billy the kid but then when i looked into when i found this was my segment and i looked into it for a whole five seconds <laughs> i found out that previously brushy bill was claiming he was part of jesse james gang sure but then that didn't seem to really like take off <laughs> that didn't catch on so, so he started he, saying he was actually billy the kid also you know who thinks he is billy the kid bill o'fucking riley <laughs> if i knew nothing else about this case other than that i would be like bullshit who he apparently dedicated a segment on his show to it and i was kind of like mm, that's that's all i need to know if bill o'reilly thinks this is true i don't think it's true because i try <laughs> to have as little in common with bill o'reilly as possible because he is a garbage human being <laughs> And I'm glad he lost his show, and he's a monster person. Yep. And I hate him. So So he was like, oh, yeah, definitely. The the factual historical account, it's just got too many holes in it. It seems way more realistic that Brushy Bill's actually Billy the Kid. And I was like, if you think so, I don't think so. It really, and also it doesn't. So. I mean, I, I guess there's some whole, like... We don't know where Billy the Kid was all the time, so... Listen, the one photo we have of Billy the Kid looks like every bone in his face is broken. Yeah. Do you think that Brushy would have that symmetrical of a face if he was really Billy the Kid? No. No. Also, for this guy to really be Billy the Kid, he would have to be, like, 20 years older than people really thought he was. Like, he would have passed away in his 90s instead of in his 70s. Oh. And I just... I'm not sure that anyone that lived that life is fucking living till 90. No, I don't think so. So probably not Billy the Kid, but tell us why we're wrong. Why would you want to be Billy the Kid? I don't know. Just for the glory of what? I don't know. The, like, groupies? Are there groupies for old Western things? Probably. Stranger things have happened. Well, that's actually very true. After you told me that there was uh, Columbine fan fiction, I... Realize yeah. this world is full of all sorts of creepers. People who idolize the son of Sam. I mean, son of hope. <laughs> yeah, get it straight, Samantha. Son of hope. <laughs> uh, so, I feel like there's probably, there's probably is more to say about it, but at the second I saw that Bill O'Reilly thing, I was like, nope, it's not true. I really don't think it I'm is. I'm not taking any historical information from the guy that wrote Killing Lincoln and Killing Jesus and Killing Whoever. Ugh. Yeah. He's the worst so that's billy the kid billy i just don't really get the infatuation with billy the kid i guess i don't get the infatuation with a lot of the wild west i don't it's so like male centric yeah and like white male centric that i just think it's like super not appealing to me it doesn't appeal to me at all it's just guys shooting each other with guns to prove they're like 
manlier than other people. Some of the like old west movies, like the black and white ones, the clips they shot, I was kind of impressed by the stunts. Like literally jumping from a galloping horse onto a yeah. I mean, it looked extremely dangerous. Today we'd probably do that in front of a green screen. Oh, I'm people sure. would be people, tied up on yeah. wires, and they were just doing it for real. So that was impressive. But yeah, I don't. I don't see, really. Get I see it. zero appeal in any kind of Wild West story. Um, I was telling Samantha before we started this that I've actually been to in Mesilla, New Mexico. There is what was formerly a courthouse that jailed Billy the Kid. It's now the Billy the Kid gift shop. I have been there. It's pretty unremarkable. I asked if you had bought anything from the Billy the Kid gift shop. I really don't think I did. I ate at La Posta, which is a restaurant that he ate at, but I don't think it's in the same location as it was at the time. La Posta is like the Mexican restaurant you take your parents when they're in town. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Probably does. Uh, it's like a, it's a little scenic southwestern town with square you can go there if you're really into billy the kid sure see where he was once jailed that now sells like keychains i don't know <laughs> big guns cap guns or whatever the thing that i always think of for with messiah is that it has like packs of stray dogs that roam around at night and will chase you so watch out oh, for that okay be careful if you go there <laughs> uh should we move on to the last segment yeah. I don't really want to talk about this one. I throw but... all my notes about Billy the Kid on the ground. <laughs> Literally did. Yeah, Billy the Kid. Whatever. I feel like we do have some listeners from New Mexico, so I just want to say hi to them, and I hope that they don't think that my lack of interest in Billy the Kid is my lack of interest in the whole state. Ah, it's not. That's not true. So our next mystery is a wanted, and it's Charles Muley, whose name is spelled Mule, but it's pronounced Muley. I know, I really want to call him Mule, because also... He's a garbage human. Yeah, he's awful. He's the worst. He was a police sergeant in Slidell, Louisiana, Louisiana, who handled cases of statutory rape. Um, when we started this episode, Robert Stack told us that that Slidell was a conservative town and the last place you would expect such a heinous ah! crime to be committed. We complained about this a couple episodes ago. We sure did. In crime ni- happens everywhere. In 1981, he was assigned to case to a case of a 12-year-old girl who was upset about the sexual advances of an older boy. Muley met with the young girl on multiple occasions. Her mother became suspicious when Muley left the police station with her daughter and took her to another location. She says that he would call them up and be like, you need to bring your daughter in. I need to talk to her. Um, And then she would bring her in and then he would say, you don't need to stay here. And as she was leaving, she would see them like go out the back of the police station and get into a car. (laughs) It's yeah. so awful that he was taking advantage of her after something else dramatic has happened. It was also clear that people saw him take her. Like, yeah, and they didn't care. It said in the, her mother said in the episode that she saw him walk past other police officers, put this girl in the car, and leave. And then they later act like, oh, we had no idea. Like, really? Yeah. It was later discovered that Muley was taking her to a local Howard Johnson's motel room that he had reserved for undercover work. The girl's parents noted that she began acting strangely after visits with Muley. After four months, she finally told her parents that she was being sexually abused by him. A lot of this segment is taken up by them saying how great this Muley guy was at undercover work. I don't really want to talk about that because I don't think we should be giving him any praise. But he apparently... The only reason that they, I think, were bringing that up so much was because he was wanted at the time and they thought he could be in some amazing disguise. Guess what? He's not. So it doesn't 
actually matter. He apparently he's... was so good that he arrested the same person three times. I think mm-hmm. maybe that person could have just been dumb. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if that says anything about his undercover I guess he, prowess. Unlike that other master disguise, maybe he actually brushed his wig. But... Yeah, <laughs> we saw a master of disguise a couple episodes ago. <laughs> In order to gather more evidence, the authorities asked the victim and her family if she would go for one more rendezvous with Mule. This must have been terrifying. This is not how I think you should catch a sexual predator. Tell the victim, who's 12, yeah. to go with him another time so that they can catch him. I'm sure that's not how they would do that now. I would hope. I really fucking hope I really, so. really hope. This time, the room would be used as a trap, with a hidden video camera capturing just enough evidence for prosecution. So not only did they make her go there, but she had to like endure yeah. more abuse from him. Yeah. I'm sure it was maybe him just telling her to do something, but like that's still Doesn't traumatic. Matter. Don't put no. her through that again. Like That's horrible. So before the girl could be compromised, Mulay was arrested. I'm reading this off of the wiki because I couldn't even like bring myself to take notes on this. It was really awful. He was arrested on the night of March 1st, 1985 and charged with child molestation. His co-workers were shocked that he had been arrested and charged with such an appalling crime. Except that they saw him taking her. Guess what? They found out later. He was doing this all the time to all kinds of other people. Yeah. So they really had no idea? I mean, I I'm guess. sure. Yeah, we were shocked. Um, uh, Mule's former partner had the difficult task of having to investigate his case. After learning the truth about the case, she was furious that Mule could have done such a thing to the victim. Through her investigation, she soon learned that the molestation of the 12-year-old girl was not an isolated incident. On September 27, 1985, he was charged with 25 counts relating to the rape and molestation of six young girls. He denied all of the charges and was released on a $150,000 bail. Eight months later, on May 11, 1986, the day he of his trial, Mule was reported missing. Two days later, his vehicle was found near Machio Bridge. And a message was sent to the police station that he could not live with the stigma of being on trial. The suicide attempt... Well, still claiming he was innocent. Yeah. The suicide attempt failed to garner credibility after an extensive search of the river failed to recover his body. Soon after he vanished, a fisherman saw Mule near a lake. Several days later, a hiker... I actually loved this reenactment. <laughs> I was just about to say that reenactment was hilarious. It's... It's so unintentionally funny. So apparently one of his favorite outfits is what they call hospital clothes, which <laughs> sure. you would call scrubs. Any normal person would call them scrubs. But yeah. in Unsolved Mysteries universe, they're called hospital clothes. And it's just a guy like wandering through the woods, seeing a guy in hospital clothes and then going, oh, hey. And then that guy immediately shooting a <laughs> rifle at him. Yes. And then running away. What? Can you imagine if that happened to you? You're just like out in the woods. You're just like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then someone just immediately takes a shot at you. So yeah, several days later, a hiker in the backcountry passed a man wearing hospital clothing. Parentheses, a favorite outfit of Mule's. The man. Who said the favorite outfit? I don't know. I mean, I guess they're comfortable. I don't know. Just wear pajamas, dude. He opened fire on the hitchhiker without making any remark. The hitchhiker was questioned and identified Mule from a booklet of mugshots. Two years after his disappearance, an anonymous tip led authorities to a trailer near Slidell. The tipster claimed that Mule was hiding out there. However, he was not found. It is believed that one of Mule's police buddies tipped him off. Which, asshole. Yeah, I don't tell me that there wasn't people in this police department that knew exactly what was going on and were covering for him. I mean, I bet there was other police officers in on it, honestly. I bet if there they're was. they're tipping him off so he can get away, mm-hmm. 
It's they're disgusting. predators too. Yeah. Pol- or if they're just covering it up and looking Ugh. the other way, yeah. they're no, awful. almost as bad, if not worse. Police and people who knew him now believe that he is a fugitive who is extremely dangerous due to his knowledge of firearms as well as his skills with disguises. That's where the episode ends. They, they theorize that he is living in the Florida swamp what Robert Stack calls a solitary ramble-like existence, where he's, like, living off the land amongst the trees and, like, wetlands. Guess what? That's not true. That's crazy talk. I wrote down, too bad he wasn't eaten by a gator, which is, I think, (laughs) would have been a fitting end to him. Yeah, that would have been great. So the result is that he was captured on the night the case was rerun. Thanks to Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, they reran the episode on July 12th, 1989. Viewers told the FBI that Muley was living in Ocala, Florida, under the assumed name Joseph John Trancina. Muley left the area after the broadcast and was gone for three weeks. He was arrested on August 3rd, 1989. Upon his return, Muley was convicted of child molestation, assault with a deadly weapon, and failure to appear in court. He was sentenced to 14 years in prison, but was released after serving just seven. Lovely. I know. I wanted to say that his picture um, they have in Unsolved Mysteries wiki that says it's after his 1989 arrest looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, it does. It's super creepy. I actually was like, did they put the wrong photo on here? Is this just Jeffrey the, Dahmer? Like, the type of glasses, the haircut, everything. Yeah, the uh, he also has the same like scruffy beard that yeah, Dahmer had. Yeah, it's weird. And yeah, these aviator style glasses. It looks just like him. You'll have to do like a side by side comparison. Yeah, because it's Who really creepy. Or better. <laughs> Neither of better. them. They're both dirtbags. Dahmer or Mule. No, they're both the worst. So that was it. It's a sad case. And it was really depressing, and they didn't talk about... It, they kind of made it sound like in the the show that this was an isolated incident of one guy yeah, abusing his power. I don't buy it. it. Was, I don't buy it at all. There's no way this could go on for so long, and no one in the police department really knew about it. It's really sad because he was a sergeant that was in charge of a lot of sex crimes. That, and so yeah, he that was, had access to vulnerable people. He took advantage of it. It's he horrible. used a hotel room that was put aside for undercover work. Like, he was not just a police officer and a predator, but he was using his power as a police officer and, like, things he had access to as a police officer to yep. be more predatory. I mean, I'm glad they investigated it and they found these other crimes, but, I, yeah, I feel like people... The fact that someone tipped him off is like, oh, they weren't on it. Totally. That's I, I do think. believe that his former partner who was tasked she with investigating... She honestly horrified. I don't think she knew it was going no. on. And I, I think, think he, she was her, his partner before he switched to the sex crimes uh, division is what yeah, I yeah. thought. Um, but I could be wrong about that, but it really didn't seem like she knew that this had gone on and she was horrified. So that's a and good And she's part. the one that ended up investigating him and, yeah. and talking to the victims. I think it's horrible. He, he only had to serve seven years. For all of those crimes? It's really bad. I think, I mean. We hate him. Yep. And I'm sad he wasn't in my gator. Me too. And I'm sad, kind of sad he didn't really commit suicide on that bridge. Yeah. But. Honestly. Oh, well. Oh, well, indeed. Still around. Let's rate this lackluster episode. Yeah, mysteriousness. Meh. Mm, yeah, I mean, the first one's still unsolved. Yeah, that one actually is kind of mysteriousness. I guess I could give it 
thumb sideways, Mr. I'm Mrs. a yeah, I'm a thumb sideways. Oh, really? Is the brushy, bumpy bill <sighs> Billy thing mysterious? No, because no. I don't buy it for a second. Because it's that's just a big, big old shrug. And the last one was just like an America's Most Wanted. So I'm a thumb, thumb yeah, sideways. Sideways. Um, reenactments. I really, really love that weird reenactment in the woods. It was pretty funny. Um, you get a lot of these Wild West reenactments, which I'm sure was fun for them to do, and it's something different, but I also don't care. I didn't. And so, the reenactments for the first one weren't that great, so I'm a thumbs so down. Sideways. Oh, I was going to do a thumbs down. Well, yeah. I guess that one is pretty good, so I'm, yeah, I'm a thumbs sideways. Well, you could be like, it's like Kinda almost down. Shaking ah. between. Yeah. You know, okay. listeners, you know what that sound is, what I'm making. Yeah, exactly. You can tell what I'm demonstrating with my thumb. Exactly. Fashion. Mm-hmm. There was some... I, the 180s cop was really funny. The ladies' fashion was pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's all sideways. Yeah. I mean, the Billy the Kid one, it was a lot of period Oh, by fashion. the way, I don't know if I said my pick for MVM oh. is Bumpy Bill. Oh, okay. Is is Brushy Bill. Because Brush. he has a an all-white... Kind of oh, western thin yeah. mustache that really goes out into the cheek. Okay. Um, and I don't think we've had one of those yet, but it's a very distinctive. I like it. Um, it's a it's a mustache of a guy that owns multiple pairs of cowboy boots. <laughs> yes, it is. So he's my pick for MVM. Yep, I agree. I would agree with that. So Robert Stack, meh, I don't meh. Know. This is such a meh episode. This whole episode, meh, 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 really meh. meh. Um, what do you rate it out of Robert Stack's? I said 2.5. But I was going to say two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, just, I watched it, it over the really summer. It seems really short. It seems really Even short. Even with the long Billy the Kid segment. Because all, it's all fucking Billy the Kid. I know. And who cares? <laughs> I mean, maybe you do, but listeners, but not me. It's all fucking Billy the Kid and who cares? Yeah. That could be the title of this episode. <laughs> People go, oh, I'll definitely listen to that. <laughs> Download immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What's your recommendation this week? <laughs> I was trying to think if I had anything else to say, and I really don't. It's just like... I've got nothing. Just not that great of a one. I'm I really sorry. hope our next episode is better, because the last two haven't been so super great. Um, Hank, bear with us, listeners. We need a magic rock to get in here. And- I mean, we always need a magic rock. We need a magic rock to get us to the top of iTunes. Yes. When our luck the, the changes. The top of the charts. We need a... Be top, we need to be above cereal. <laughs> yes. That's what I'll ask Us, when I'm then cereal. dying. And I, the universe is like, I will answer any question. I'll go, how can we beat cereal? And then I'll know. <laughs> On the iTunes charts. <laughs> They're like, really? That? That's, That's what you, it? You have all of the answers of the universe. You come back and I'm like, you didn't ask who killed JonBenet Ramsey? <laughs> Damn it, Liz. You didn't ask if Bigfoot's a ghost? You had it written on your hand. It is Bigfoot a ghost. And then I like come back into my body. We, we got to pin you under the truck again. <laughs> what if you just keep trying? You're like a murderer, but you just keep trying to kill me to have a near-death experience. But then one time it doesn't, like then I actually die because it doesn't quite work. Like you keep trying to kill me and bring me back. So God can, damn it, she actually died. So that you can get these questions. I need answered. the answers. That would be an interesting. What was that? Huh. Well, something fell and maybe the house is falling apart. Anyway, oh, he's a ghost. Yeah, he's a bigfoot ghost. A bigfoot ghost. Yeah. Okay. What was your recommendation? I'll give a recommendation, which is the book that I am currently reading and really enjoying, called Body Positive Power. It oh. is by Megan Jane. To say that you say that crabby, I don't know. Yeah, C R A B B E. Crabby, crabby, 
Crabbe? Megan James Crabbe? Is that her on the cover? Yes. I love her hair. So you may be familiar with her. She is a body positive Instagrammer. She goes by Body Posi Panda, um, which is a really great account. I was very excited to read this book, and I've been enjoying it so much. I can't say that I've really read much else in this category, so I don't know if it's similar to other books that are out there. But um, I highly recommend it. I wish I could travel back in time and give it to myself like 20 years ago. Yeah. Instead of that near-death experience book. (laughs) Yes. You're like, give me that one. Take this one. You do not need to read Embraced by the Light. You're like, what's Instagram? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It takes 45 minutes to download one picture of Jillian Anderson. What are you talking about? (laughs) And I'll say, no, you should probably read this book about, like, not hating your body. Uh, That'll do you a a lot more favors in life. Um, It talks about body acceptance. It talks about not dieting and how dieting is bad for you. It talks about intuitive eating. There's some stuff about eating disorder recovery. But it's more about how many different ways, like, without even realizing it, how our society is so perpetuated in different aspects of diet culture and shaming people based on how they look. So I've found it very encouraging and I sort of feel like everybody should read it. I I love it. That's exciting. Maybe I'll check it out. That's my recommendation for the week. Could not recommend it more. That gets more than five out of five Robert Stacks for me. <laughs> I love it. I This is weird. I It's like we read each other's minds because I have a book to recommend as well. I actually feel like I've been kind of in a book slump like so far this year. Okay. Like our book club pick we decided oh, to read this month yeah, was terrible. It's really bad. I started and then subsequently gave up on a few books that I just weren't wasn't liking. I ended up rereading two of my favorite books. I felt like I just wanted to do that. And then finally I found a few books that I'm really enjoying. And one I wanted to recommend mainly because it's not like any book I've recommended so far. Okay. I feel like I'm always recommending something that's weird or it's sci-fi or it's about death. It just has no romance in it. Yeah. As far as I know, I'm not done with this book yet. I maybe have like a third left. No, probably less than that. Um, But I'm loving it so much that I'm like, I have to recommend it. It is The Flood Girls by Richard Fifield. It's his first novel, and I found it kind of accidentally. I was just like wandering aimlessly through Half Price Books, and the cover caught my eye. Yeah, so I bought it, and I'm going to read the description. Okay. This sappy, sassy redemption story set in a small town, set in small town Montana is a wild and crazy debut novel by a talented young writer filled with uproarious and unforgettable cast of characters you won't want to leave behind. Welcome to Quinn, Montana, population 956, a town where nearly all of the volunteer firemen are named Jim, where the Dirty Shame, the only bar in town, refuses to serve mixed drinks, where the locals hate the newcomers, then again they hate the locals too, and where the town softball team has never even come close to having a winning season until now. Rachel Flood has snuck back into town after leaving behind a trail of chaos nine years ago. She's here to make amends, but nobody wants to hear it, especially her mother, Laverna. But with the help of a local boy named Jake and a little soul searching, she just might make things right. So it says that it's in the spirit of A League of Their Own, which it kind of is because it's about like, like at the center of the story is a softball team. Which seems like something I would not like. Yeah. But it's hilarious. This is a book that I've found myself like laughing out loud multiple times while I read it. Yeah. And I really wanted to bring it up because a couple episodes ago, I complained about the myth of the idyllic 
perfect small town with perfect people. And I think if you feel this way, you would love this book because it's kind of an antidote to it. The characters are hilarious. It's a bit of a like a caricature of a small town. I don't know if any small towns actually like this, but it's also kind of in the best way. So I really recommend it, and I recommend it too, especially if you have hated all of my book recommendations so far, because you're like, listen, I want to read about aliens, I don't want to read about murder, I want to read like a heartwarming, funny story. I would recommend this one. I did not guess that was the type of recommendation we were going to get from you today. I thought you were going to be like, full of surprises. Here is my favorite book about maggots. (laughs) We're reading, so I started the book we're reading uh, in February for book club, which is the new Jonestown book. Mm -hmm. We talk about it briefly in our Patreon episode, and I love it. So if you want a recommendation from me that's about horrible death, The Road to Jonestown by Jeff Gawain is really good. I did watch the first episode of your previous recommendation, Weird Wonders of the World. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Something with weird and wonder in the title. Oh, I think that's exactly what it's called. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, spider Goats, not as gross as I... Was, was that pict- the episode with Spider Goats in it? Yeah. <laughs> it was not as gross as I was picturing. But there's like a sewer blob. Oh, thing. yeah. You were like, I don't think there's anything gross in it. And then I was like, what is this sewer blob? That's disgusting. So fun fact about me is I work for waste- a wastewater treatment industry. So I didn't find that disgusting at all. But yeah, if you've never <laughs> seen a sewer, I've been in a sewer. But did it have one of those sewer blobs? Slobs that turned out to be this massive worms. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I did say there was nothing gross in this episode. In that, in that series. Yeah, it's, that, no, it's it's doable. I just kind of wanted to give I you found it that book. fascinating. I was like, I wonder if there's sewer blobs in our sewers. I was like, what is that thing? It looked like Krang from <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtles. It totally did. Yeah, or well, that ooze I from that second that. Ghostbusters movie. I was like, that's what it really was. It wasn't ooze. It was, it was a sewer worms. Blob. sewer blob worms (laughs) but it was really interesting so if you want to learn just like cool weird factoids about the world the world then that shows on netflix yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's it yeah um i have nothing else yeah no i i just hope there's not another episode about billy the kid god i hope not i'm sure there won't be what more could you say about him unless someone else says they're billy the kid so mysteries like we were wrong about that last guy. Maybe this one's Billy the Kid. Bill O'Reilly's like it's actually me, and I was like, "There's no we're way." We're both named Bill. Yeah, the only name. Everyone only knows one. that if your name is Bill, all the Bills look alike. I was like, "There's no way you're old enough, Bill O'Reilly." Nice try. Yeah, I've got. No- I feel spent. I've got nothing. I'm so sorry. We love you all. Thank you so much for Thanks listening. Thanks for your support. If you feel like writing us a review on iTunes, we accept only five star reviews. Five, five out of five Robert Stacks only. Thank you very much. <laughs> we really appreciate reading them. You guys are hilarious. Really, you are. Um, uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. and Twitter at Perhaps It's You. Uh, you can find us on Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show. You get extra content once a month. We are patreon.com slash you. Email us at perhapsitsyoupodcast at gmail.com only if you have nice things to say. Or you want to tell us a ghost story or yeah. your oh, we have to. We're ready to... We have a lot of stories. We need to do a bonus episode. We should do a bonus episode of ghosty, lovely stories. Maybe we'll do two bonus episodes next month and one of them Whoa. will be that. Okay. That sounds good. And... Um, is that it? That's all we have to say? Bigfoot's a ghost. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.